It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Dealer No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Challenged. Uh, what is what is the show called? Uh, Rider dies. Yes, the challenge. Rider dies for episode two. <laughs> I am Brian Cohn. Good to be as always with my co-host Alice. Ali, how are you, <laughs> Brian? I feel I feel you just played your hand about how you're doing. <laughs> yeah, not great. I'm I'm playing hurt today. Um, I got bad throat. I'm coughing. I am uh, you know, I would be on the IL if this is like the skill set I needed to like be like a professional sports athlete. But I'm battling through it. A lot more than Emmy would do, um, so I, I'm giving myself kudos for that. You, you know, you could have taken a week off and been brought back in just in time for the next challenge, but no, you, uh, you power through. So thank you for being here despite your illness. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm only laughing because candidly, we discussed before we've had some, some memories of you showing up sick. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. We're an inside joke. Okay, we're allowed to have one. We've had, you know, nine years of doing this. We're going to, some of us are going to be sick and a couple of fun memories are going to pop along the way while we're doing this. Now, I feel like I have to say, I, when we used to interview people, I had to show up, like you were like within an inch of your life mm-hmm. and we had an interview scheduled with somebody on the cast of Are You The One, Tyler, T Boogie, never forget. And unless he's been canceled, then feel free to forget. Like, I don't know, but <laughs> right. I didn't know how to record at the time. I was, I was a mere baby. And so Brian had to like, I just picture you like laying down with your arm, like over the table, like ready to press stop and like listen. I don't think Ty- did Tyler even know you were there. Like he was just like the producer. I wish I knew. I know. And it's, like, I mean, look, it's not like I was like cranking the engine back there. Like all I literally had to do was like push a button and just sit there. But it is quite the funny visual that I was just like laying in bed while you're discussing the uh, sexual escapades of T-Boogie on MTV. It was a good interview though. It was a really good time. Uh- yeah. Speaking of good times, we were catching up. Now we're up, but before. And we started talking about Survivor. And you mentioned like uh, Jacob Jones not watching this season. And you were like, oh, he's not missing much. And I was about to say, but I was like, let's save it for the podcast. Here we are on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I. Every episode of Survivor, every episode of Survivor is a good episode of Survivor for me. But then when I watched the challenge, I was like, Oh, this is so much better this season than, than the Survivor season. I even though this episode was, you know, had some trauma-induced moments via Turbo, I am having a mm-hmm. great time. The energy's high this season. Um, I don't like. I don't know if it's like the lighting or the color scheme. Just feels like it's high energy. People seem like they're having fun. Um, even like the new people are clicking. Like things are getting along. It, it just feels like a good vibe going on in the house right now, which I which I uh, appreciate. Because, yeah, I, I don't think there wasn't, like, a lot happened, like, but it was still a good time watching. It was a good viewing experience, which I think I'm just getting more of appreciation out of the challenge. I feel like for a stretch there, we 
at least for me, like I was trying to dive too much into it and I kind of just lost my enjoyment. And then I'm just kind of stepping back and just re-enjoying the show. Like it's not like it's not as good as it used to be, but that's fine. It is what it is now. And I'm just enjoying it. I'm I'm enjoying the challenge. There's too much to touch in that. Uh, had we done a single preview that I had been available for, it would have been an interesting conversation. I, I can judge it by like, how excited am I after the episode to come talk to you about it? And Challenge USA, maybe a third of the way through, I was like, fuck. And I try not to curse anywhere mm-hmm. on the podcast, but that's where I was at. Tonight, I was like, ooh, I'm like ready to go. I've got the questions ready. I poured a little glass of wine. You know, I'm like, this is my evening activity. I'm excited to keep key about the about the episode. Yeah, I think we got a great result for with uh, with the elimination this week. I think otherwise we would have been repeating this for the next few weeks until we got this result. So I think now we're kind of cleansed of the turbo of it all. And we can kind of take a step forward into the game. Jordan's in, interesting dynamic there. I think we're set up for a more fun, for fun weeks coming up. We don't have a uh, turbo baggage uh, bringing us down. Turbo baggage, yeah, that's been checked. Um, Here's a question that I don't know that we have talked about enough yet. Johnny's back. We obviously saw that last season. I was mad about the captain save a show thing. But mm-hmm. like, let's really talk about this. Is this, you know, we've we've been podcasting through his retirement. Now we're podcasting through his return. Is this the right time for him to be back? Is it too soon? What are we feeling about this? I mean, I, I can't even call it a retirement because it, it was never <laughs> like even like that believable to even begin with, with how many like Unless he was popping up on All Stars, and then like then I could believe he wouldn't come back here. But until you're gone for like a few years, like you're still in the mix anytime to come out. So um, he can say all he wants. I think he's back because CP's winning so much, and I think he wants to like reclaim uh, his status. I think that's why he's back. Um, I, he can say what he wants about doing it with Nani, but like I, I I don't even know how believable that is. I just think he he's getting threatened by CP, and he wants to try to win more. Um, and I'm fine with that. Like, just come back. There's no reason to retire. I, I never said anyone retires from these shows because it's not like you're putting in paperwork and you can't come back. Just, just come back in two years. Who cares? No one will, no one will think anything of it. I want to be clear for my own sake. This is not like a gotcha. So he did say he was retiring. No, he did. Yeah, he did. We've had people be like, I'm stepping away for a little bit. I think like, he had a whole time. like Instagram post while say his farewell to the, the challenge. He's like, I thought, you know, that a great run. I'm going out on top. I'm, you know. You'll never see me again. Here we are, you know, 18 never months later. Me again. <laughs> okay, well, look, as somebody who is being pressured to come out of my own retirement um, right now, uh, you know, whatever. My thought, I was having a conversation with my brother about it, and that's vague, it doesn't matter. Um, and my brother was like, well, I haven't seen him since I've been watching. And I was like, he was on the show two minutes ago. So this mm-hmm. made me actually do my job and research. And he was last on in 2020. So, like, it's been a second. I think he benefits from all of the iterations. Like, we've had multiple seasons and All-Stars and USA. It's not like he's missed two seasons and now he's back. So it does kind of feel like he's been gone an artificially long time. Right. Yeah, it's two challenge proper seasons, but there were at least two All-Stars in the USA, maybe even the third All-Star season. Uh, in between that. So a good five to six seasons of the challenge has taken place without him, but only two of which he would have probably been up. And look, if I leave a job to try to make it in bigger and better pastures, and I don't, I reserve the right to come back. So welcome back, Johnny, welcome to back. your greatest and most successful show. And sorry about the others. <laughs> that was a little mean. Edit that out. Um, 
All right, now we're even from the Save a Show that now we're even and it's okay. And it is quite sweet that he's back um, and giving all of the energy and attention to Nani. I didn't realize her mom had passed away. That's a, a, No, I didn't um, know that either. Like an emotional moment we get. I wasn't going to bring it up, but Josh Green brought it up. Uh, glad to see uh, Johnny showing a little bit more empathy and understanding for Nani than he has in the past when other people have lost their parents. Right, and that kind of, like, it sort of was, was talked about. Like, they didn't, like, talk about why Devin and Bananas had beef, but it would have almost been interesting if they came up because of how he's acting uh, so well with Nani. It would have been, like, you know, like, Devin, like, I'm, I can, I don't know how you could phrase it, but, like, apologize for that moment and then go kind of, like, re-talk about his maturity. But they kind of just glossed over, like, oh, yeah, like, they had beef in the past and kind of uh, didn't discuss what it was. So, I mean, it kind of, like, almost seamlessly transition if they wanted to discuss it and show it. They could have done so. Uh, for any for any new viewers, uh, this was the the biggest fight that ever occurred on podcast between me and Brian. The debate mm-hmm. between who was right and who was wrong between basically two people who were wrong. Um, right. That right. Johnny and and Devin were fighting, and Bananas went low and said, uh, "Like I hope the apple fell far from the tree," referring to uh, Devin's mm-hmm. dead father. Um, it, it is interesting if Bananas ever apologizes to Devin. Will you apologize to me? <laughs> Will you admit that I was correct? I don't even remember how. I, I know I was saying, like, I don't, I, you know what? Sure. Yes. Because I don't even remember what stance I had, but I don't want to, like, even come close to rehashing it. So, yes, I, I will apologize. Um, yeah. No, I mean, okay. So, let's talk about that because I've, the challenge, you know, social media has been popping off. And uh, one thing they really hammered in this week was like the rivalry between Devin's and Bananas. Devin's, nope, Devin and Bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Devin coming at you. Where does this stack up? Do you feel like this stands up to the rivalries, the great rivalries of the past? Or is this, you know, shoehorning in some interest because not a lot of bets are on the season? I mean, look, it's definitely not to the level of like some of the rivalries they could have brought on like to the all-stars or that they talked about through the documentary. But in terms of like the new school, like just looking, you know, five seasons, six seasons back, um, I, I would, it would be totally fair to put it up there. I mean, and, like you're not going to compare it to like bananas and West, but like of the new school people, bananas and Devin's went head to head on a bunch of seasons. I think Devin uh, knocked bananas out at least once, maybe even twice uh, from elimination. And they definitely, were on opposite sides of many different alliances through season. So it, it's not like a totally fabricated thing. This is not, you know, Bananas and Frank getting into a beef on Twitter. Like, they, they've had actual issues on the show. So it's totally fair to, like, bring this up as a storyline. This isn't fully uh, concocted by the show at all. I, I totally agree with you. I think my mental bias is, like, people who are physical rivals. So, like, West Bananas, Kenny West, Bananas, like... People, banana mm-hmm. CT, like people who could like you'd want to see go down and really like go head to head physically, and you wouldn't know who would win. Uh, but that's not all there is. And and Devin, Devin A has improved his athletic performance uh, hugely. <laughs> and I didn't know what word mm-hmm. immensely is what I was looking for. Um, and he's definitely a, a huge strategic rival um, and, and mental rival for banana. So I, I just cool. never think of them. He, despite again, it being the most memorable argument you and I have ever had on the show that I, that mm-hmm. I remember. Um, I, I like, I'm like, Oh, right. They didn't get along. I laughed at it. Yeah. And look, I mean, I think uh, bananas kind of said it himself. He wasn't sure where he was going to stand with Devin coming in. And I think, 
it's not even that Devin wants to work with Johnny, but I think he looks at the breakdown of the house and he's can view him as a great ally. Clearly, you know, if you're working with Johnny, he wins a lot. So if you're on his side, you can get pretty far. Um, as evident from week one, he steps right in, wins the first daily, and Tori and Devin are productive. So uh, it's definitely not the worst idea to be on his side, especially in the first half of the game. And look, if you think bananas, if you if you think there's a chance that you're going to go to the final with your pairs, I don't even think it's that insane to go to the end with Nani and bananas. I don't think it's a it's a layup for Tori and Devin, but I don't think it's a layup for bananas and Nani. So it's not like everyone going to the end with CT and then eliminate in an individual right. challenge. Yeah, look, I think if without knowing how it plays out, if Tori and Devin are asked, like you can go to the final, but you have to run it against Bananas and and uh, and Nani, or you can risk playing it out and see if you can get there without them. I they would one hundred percent just sign, make the final, and take their chances with uh, Bananas and Nani, and think that they can beat them. And they and they could. Like I wouldn't rule it out at all, depending on the structure of the final. So uh, I think they, this is a very uh, well worth it. Uh, uh, workmanship pair for the, this foursome. Even though we're saying now that Bananas and Nani aren't unbeatable, should we be preparing ourselves, Brian, for a Nani win this season? Is that what is being set up? I don't, I don't think so, because, I mean, they've set this up before, right? I mean, literally anytime Nani starts a season, they start with her being like, this season's different. I'm looking at it differently. I'm going with a different mindset. I know there's obviously now different, you know, she's older. Obviously, she has these tenuing circumstances, maybe even more so doing it uh, in memory of her mom. But, I mean, we've heard this storyline from Nani, I, I don't know, every season, basically, since, like, her first couple of her coming in with a different mindset. Um, and she's been with Johnny before. It's not even like this is the best partner she's had. She was with him during an ecstasy season. So, uh, th- look, they're going to beat this drum over the head of, like, Banana's doing it for Nani all season. So, if it happens, then they're going to play it out. But if they lose in the final or lose before the final or even midseason, they're going to like drum this home, like Banana's doing it for Nani. Nani's trying, it's time for her to get her win, all that stuff. So I don't think you could read too much into it because they're going to, no matter what would have happened, they're going to talk about this as a storyline. And so are we. <laughs> Just, mm-hmm. Like, I'll ask you every week. Um, not really. But, uh, oh God, <laughs> that, that my note, I have a typo. Anyway, that's between me and <laughs> In your notes. Oh, oh no. Um, all right, so Bananas gets brought up to speed about Turbo. Let's just talk about Turbo through this whole episode, basically. There's really only one mm-hmm. note for Turbo. Yeah, Turbo, I mean, he did it off last week, being like he's not afraid of elimination. Um, he wants to take people out. Uh, that's kind of what is brought up to Bananas and Nani. And we do get the nice callback of Nani and uh, Turbo from Turbo's first season on who's the first world war of the world that i believe they said right it was the first one where they were paired together and they worked very well um turbo went on to, to win that season on his own nani did not but they worked together very well and turbo was a much more calm level-headed person nani really reeled him in throughout the whole season um and now without the reins of nani turbo's kind of gone off the deep end on some of these seasons so i think nani was hoping to try to reel him back in under under her wing a little bit but i, I think turbo is kind of like too far gone and the fact that she was tied to the johnny i don't think uh turbo was ever going to hear the end of it here's the thing about turbo is like i think some of the like sense of humor stuff can be chalked up to cultural differences like he's living in turkey right or has he moved to the u.s mm, that, that i don't know i shouldn't take swings i'm not aware but it, it mm-hmm. feels like certain things are language barriers or like american idioms i don't know like totally. like i would think so um and 
I also was sympathetic to Turbo's reaction to Nani coming to him and saying, uh, is what I heard correct? Because honestly, I think if Bananas went up to Nani on a different season and said, hey, I'm hearing rumors you wanted to throw yourself in, she would probably jump to, are you really considering throwing me in? Now, would she act mm-hmm. like Turbo? Absolutely not. And so there's a limit to my understanding. But I can understand someone being defensive about their friend who's in power just sniffing around to be like, did you want to go in? Because obviously she had an agenda in doing that. Um, and then mm-hmm. he played right into that hand. He's definitely scary and and overreacts, but I was slightly sympathetic to him this episode. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I just, I can't give him the benefit of the doubt when he seemingly reacts like this about anything. Like, there's nothing right. that is like he would react differently like he react with Devin with the joke at the end of last week he reacted with the champagne with laurel like like minute zero so i would give him the benefit of that on like cultural things or you know not coming in not in the right tone or the right mindset but he does it on anything so i, I can't like pick and choose oh well this is he actually reacted, reacted well here but maybe misunderstood the context here when he, this is just him like he's been doing this now for three seasons um that, um, that he's been on so he's almost going to react to anything if you come at him like ever since like the the ninja stuff when he was like spurred by her like i feel like that like flipped the switch for turbo on um, like anything he's ever been part of for the challenge and now he just like is scorned and like treats anything like it's it's an attack on his like soul no agreed and i'm and, and like definitely not excusing everything and you know to jump to the end of this like i never want to see turbo on the show again um because i just think it's joyless. It, it's 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 too much of a struggle. It's too much of a risk. It's 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 quite scary to the fact where mm-hmm. the, to the point where the whole house has to band together to try to get him out. You know that's Literally. not just happening because he's a physical threat. Um, but, but again, yeah, like I, there's no upside. There's no upside for Turbo on a season like none. And just to you know, just to, again, one more defensible thing is like he really does suffer some, from some serious like deep-rooted toxic masculinity like nani explains this pretty well and you can see it it's like he doesn't like to look weak so he won't strategize and that is like beyond the scope of this game like i feel bad for turbo in his life that this is his Mm -hmm. lived experience but you know as tj would say hope to see it ever yeah like he wouldn't even he can't say like oh yeah don't vote me in or don't put me in or don't do whatever because yeah he feels like he can't walk away from a challenge. Like that, like that's like his mindset of not playing a game. Is like, oh, I can't back away from something. Yeah, like you said, that that goes goes against his core. So, I mean, you just that like that that's not gonna play here. Um. Yeah, I can't. Could never be me. Can't can't can't, can't no. relate at that level. Oh, um. It was funny to have people come in and then have people catch up like that's like you don't ever see that really on like a reality competition show where it's like oh can you like tell me the rules like what happened week one like like all this stuff it's like survivors like catching up after like a merge of like what happened like the last travel council it was a very weird vibe you don't really see that too often on like a competition show like this like oh catch me up on like what the rules are like how do you vote people in for this season i agree i really liked that i had the same thought and i was like i wish we saw even more of it one thing that is unimportant to flag but i hear i'm flagging it and i had in my head like don't flag it but i have to it gave me chills when laurel is catching johnny up on what's been going on with turbo he like reaches over and like pulls a hair off of her face and in that one moment i understood banana's charm like i understood (laughs) how he talks to people 
the way he's like looking at her and he's like leaning back. So he's like a little bit beneath her and he just reaches over and does that. I was like, <gasps> I was, I was, I've watched people hook up on the show with less uh, charisma and chemistry between them than I saw bananas exude. And I was like, damn, mm-hmm. that's why he's dangerous. Watch out. The smitten. Allie and Johnny smitten. Oh boy. I'm not smitten. I can now for the first <laughs> time understand why people uh-huh. are out here ruining their lives. Johnny, it remains duo, to be seen. The duo that I love was Nani and Laurel. Because I feel like Laurel, you can even see here with like her affection now to Horatio, where she always will gravitate towards like the strongest in the house, the most physical. Um, and I feel like Nani and Laurel haven't really seen eye to eye a lot of the times. I think they're obviously just very different personalities on these shows. And to see Laurel talk about Nani with like such admiration and being like, yeah, Nani, you stand up for yourself. I don't want to see Turbo talk to you like that. Like, I can feel Nani's pain of being like talked over. Like, good for her. Like, I love their dynamic and I would love to see them working together because I just don't think we've seen that like ever between the two of them. It really is wild. Like, is there any better better physical accolade that you can have than Laurel's approval? Like, Olympic gold, nah. Like, uh, even a uh, You Killed It. Like, mm-hmm. you have made it athletically if Laurel even says a decent word about you. Yeah. Because she will pull, she will not, like, you know, treat you, like, she will not pull punches, whatever the phrase is. Like, if you, if you suck, Laurel will tell you you suck. And we'll like make a point of like making sure, you know, she's not stuck with you or wants to get it, get you out. So uh, to see Laurel talk about Nani like that. And then again, to talk about Horacio like that um, was, was quite, was quite funny. Cause then also like, obviously Jordan comes in at the end of the season, uh, end of the episode. And obviously the focus will be on Jordan and Tori's uh, broken engagement, but there is like a subtle part of also Jordan and Laurel. Um, I don't know if they've been on, a season together since they, I would imagine they must have have, have, have had a season think, since there. I feel like uh, I've seen up. them interact, but I don't. But I, I would be curious if that even comes up at all. Like if there's any like animosity between them or if he's like welcome into like the vet group to work with all of them, the two exes in the mix. Like, I don't know how that's going to play out. I know that's probably the most fascinating thing jumping ahead all the way to episode three, like where that kind of fits in. I also wonder how much um, Nani's open, and I say open relationship, I mean being open about her relationship with Casey um, has impacted Laurel's relationship with Nani because Laurel uh, is also someone we've seen sort of um, grapple with their sexuality on television through the show. And, you know, now they have that that bond. I, you know, it might have zero mm-hmm. effect, but it seems like, you know, something they, they could share. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a good point. Um, speaking of being open, uh, this is, I feel like, the most I've heard Tori talk about her relationship with Jordan. Granted, I don't listen um, to her other, like, mm-hmm. uh, maybe she has talked about it on Instagram or on the podcast. But I thought this was fascinating, extremely relatable, very touching. I didn't really know the details. Like, for some reason, I didn't think the story was like Jordan Snap broke up with her, like, especially with what we heard about while she was on the show and like the festive mm-hmm. stuff and whatever. And it was also really sweet to see Devin, you know, a lot, a lot can be said about some of these pairs being just like randomly assigned, but we have seen like a really amazing growth arc in Tori and Devin's real friendship. And I thought Devin really showed up for her here and I enjoyed the segment immensely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we, we talked about it all last season when Tori, like it never was talked about, like Tori wasn't really asked about her. Like she never discussed the breakup. Uh, last season and um i think 
it must have been like a lot by her choice because she obviously was in like a dark place even maybe at the time she didn't really realize she was so to see her kind of come out of that and with the help of Devin well yeah I, their their dynamic the two of them is probably one of the more fascinating pairs in the challenge going right now probably one of my favorites because of how kind of tumultuous their relationship has been it's kind of not to the same degree but it's a little bit like Laurel and Cara how they used to be where they were hated each other then friends and hate each other and friends and now for Tori and Devin to be in such a good place uh, working together is, is a fascinating dynamic. And it's been quite quite a journey for them because, I mean, they've been on four, five, six seasons together. So to see this long journey has is, is, is been quite fun. Um, no, totally agree. I, and I don't, I feel like it's Tori's season, even though that is telling me it's not his, but we'll see. Um, we get to the challenge. What's What happened to Emmy? Well, here's a question. Why... I mean, they do some power, the power of editing, they do wonders. What was the point of even showing them in the house? They were added late. Just don't even act like they weren't there. Like they didn't contribute at all to the first week. They didn't win. They weren't nominated. They weren't in the group pairings. They didn't do anything. Just act like not wasn't on the season. Like if he was going to be gone episode two, what's even the point? I feel like we're all trying to make Nam happen. Like, how many times is Nam going to get screwed and go out early? Like, we all want that. I feel like Tyro, we were rooting for you. We're all rooting mm-hmm. for you. They bring him back inexplicably, season after season. I'm on the record of his first season saying I wanted him back. Like, I am down for him to get a chance every time they're willing to give it. Like, he just cannot catch a break. It's wild. It's like some Final Destination thing. Like maybe he's just not supposed to be here. Like there's like some a, a power telling him, "Nah, stay away from the challenge." How many partners do you have to like quit or get hurt or like whatever? Just don't come back. Something is like, don't come back, Nam. Like the challenge is like not like for you. Somebody please at me and tell me what happened with her because I've oh I well correct me we have seen people get eliminated for sexual harassment and go out with in less disgraced positions and like racism and go out with less disgrace from the production. Like I can, I struggle to think of somebody who went out in a more humiliating way. They don't show one second of her. They don't show the deliberation. We've certainly had people quit before. We don't see one ounce of it. And all we get of her is TJ saying she couldn't hack it. And Nam Mm -hmm. in a confessional saying like, I don't respect you as a person and I wish you ill. Like it was so brutal. (laughs) It was the the only clip they showed was like it seemed like she like didn't want to get dirty like that was like the vibe they were like oh she got mud on her and she can't hack it so she quit very very odd and again like I don't know why they're even showing it like just cut her out I feel like they cut people out before um, I don't know just like don't even show it it's so bizarre I feel like they want not like they're trying for not I guess so yeah and he's just getting like screwed but again please I, I, mean, I need TJ. to know the story. Just he's what? just have him be like a co-host. Just have him come out with TJ and just let him hang with TJ, and they'll make comments with each other. I don't know. I don't know. They want that. We cannot have Nam hosting the show. We cannot go from barely appearing to host. That's crazy. He can come on this show and sit and be like, "Hey, when we can, sure. he can't He'll press him. record. He can press record for the next debuggy interview. I mean, <laughs> it would just and then they still they include him. In the confessional saying, I hope to get another chance. Like, I, yeah. I don't even think this is the last time we're going to see them. Which is no, insane. Why not? It should absolutely be. Here we go. Incredible. Insane. Um, but, all right. So, we get... I thought we were going to get new people right away. We don't. We go to the challenge. Um, 
before we talk about the the challenge itself, Alex says, I love that this format is similar to some older seasons, but am I the only one who misses when the pairs had color uniforms? I miss when I was rooting for the maroon team. I do miss the colored uniforms. And I also miss, because this is a season where they absolutely could do it. And maybe they did, and they just didn't show it. And then they showed it, showed it out of order. Why can't the winning team pick the order? Like, this is a first season in a while where we're going to have a clear winner each week, and they're not going to reshuffle things. Bring back the order picking. That's always been a big thing in the challenge. And it always, not always, but a lot of the times it creates interesting drama in the house uh, and politicking and stuff like that. So I don't know why we can't bring that back for this season. Yeah, it's an excellent point. I'm willing to bet that um, Johnny and Raven didn't put um, Horacio and Olivia up first. Now, sometimes right. we see it out of order. So so maybe they did pick that the order was- and then they showed us the... Like, maybe they actually, given all the drops and the DQs, maybe that did happen and they just didn't want to show us the true order. Yeah, that was my question because of how the level of reaction that came out with how Horacio and Olivia did if they went first I don't I don't think we get that reaction right like they did well but like other people did it but if they went after like the first four or five people failed then that reaction makes more sense that the people were like ooing and eyeing of how how well they did when I mean they did well but like I don't know the four four other teams or three other teams did it so I, I feel like they went later on after other teams failed yeah, no, this is exactly right. Because at first, I was thinking it was because they just have no faith in rookies or Olivia and they were just excited. But I think you're 100% right. It's also like the odds that that many people fail in a row and then the last two teams to go are able to do it. Like, come on. So, uh, yeah, I'm willing to say they had them pick the order and then they just showed us out of turn. Yeah, I would think so. But what did you think of... Uh balancing act where uh, each partner had to jump in the water swing climb up a rope and then kind of uh, rope swing over to a platform to balance it out dare i say i liked it i i did like it i thought the end of it was like a little anti like all of a sudden just you have to get it for like a half like the second it's balanced i feel like there should have been like a three second clock right where you get it balanced we have to like maintain it for like more than just a beat um, I would have liked to see that, but it, it it was fine. It was uh, you know, each round was pretty quick. Got to see different skill sets out of people. Funny confessionals, I actually thought along the way too, which I think added to it a good montage with a uh, a good song choice playing at it. So I think it was a it was a entertaining challenge. Yeah, I didn't think I would like it when I saw the setup, but they treated it perfectly. I loved the Fallout Boy montage. Patrick M shouted that out. Um, I think exactly the right, like the minimum, not exactly right, but the minimum number of people were able to complete it. Like if only, if they challenged USA to it, AKA only one team finished, then I think I would have been like, this was not enough payoff for what it was too difficult of a challenge, but it hit all mm-hmm. the right notes. Uh, one complaint, stop asking Nelson. Yeah. You're ruining it. Yeah. No, this is like the parents doing like the the floss dance on TikTok or something like that. It's ruining it. Don't do it. Not every time. Please tweet, Brian. Use your powers for good. Please yeah. tell the people to stop mentioning it. Yeah, look, when he flames out horribly, like by forgetting his age, sure, you could bring it up, but don't you can't bring it up every time. Unless you're gonna if you're gonna include the number, like you said, like do the little counter in the bottom right corner, that's fine. But don't like the product at a certain point, I I'd be like. Nelson's just a bit pissed at production. But like, stop asking me. You're, you ask me every week. Leave me alone. Yeah, it's it's got to go. They've. I'm willing to say they've ruined it in just the one time they brought it up. I don't like it. 
Um, I don't like it at all. But one TJ, mm-hmm. this also goes to the theory that Olivia and Horacio were not the first team because TJ was popping off. TJ was out here, and this would have been my rule from last season, like TJ getting into it. And appropriately, uh, Kyle Picard asked if we were into TJ's commentary on people's performances during the daily. Yeah, he was having a blast. The way uh, even like Nelson stumbled, but we kind of recovered. Uh, he was laughing out. A couple of people had really hard falls. Uh, he was very much enjoying. And yeah, he gave Horacio like the biggest praise like ever. That was like kind of Challenge USA throwback praise, the level uh, he was giving. Um, but yeah, he was he was all over the challenge. He was having a great time. Um, yeah, speaking of Nelson, Nelson ended up having the most impressive challenge performance, I think, of the day by his own stupidity, right? Like he put himself in an insane situation, but to spin like that slip and recover, I was extremely impressed. Yeah, that was very funny. Um, and then I think it was also very funny. Olivia was having a, had a confessional about like being scared of love or something like that. And then they like brought, they super cut Nelson into the confessional with her. That was very funny. That, that got me. I did like that too. Then we're all having a good time. We're all enjoying ourselves. Yeah, good vibes. And then, I mean, Capper was uh, Casey's back. We speculated that this would happen last week because she was in the, um, you know, coming attractions. What do you think about them being back? Uh, so do you think they would have been allowed to return if Nam and Emmy didn't quit? Like, do you think they were like, okay, well, we lost them, so we can bring them back? But they must have, I mean, they obviously didn't, like, send them out maybe like I think it was a COVID thing right so maybe it was like a false positive or something like that and like they were able to go back um it's I mean they got to buy but I can't complain about that because I mean Bananas and Nani got to buy Jordan and you know Darrell are about to get buys too with their partner so I can't be mad about that um I'm 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 okay with it because this season should have Casey there with Nani so because of who they're bringing back I I'm okay with who they're bringing back so it's not something we haven't seen before. I mean, we've seen people straight up eliminated come back, you know, the next week to fill in a spot, which I don't have a problem with necessarily. Um, not in a long time. I don't think we've seen that, but we have seen it. Um, I would, I think I would have a bigger problem with it if, as you're saying, Nam and um, Emmy weren't just eliminated because it seems to make sense. And again, it's the perfect season because they already have all these people planned to be like arriving late, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for this season, I'm fine with it. I reserve the right to complain about similar things in the future. I mean, now the quarantine period is down to like five days. So there's even a world that it was a true test and they were like not exhibiting symptoms and it's five days later. I mean, it seems like a short amount of time, but. Or, or, you know, yeah. after, so, like, uh, two negative tests and you're fine. Like, it could have been real. Yeah. And look, they just missed what – did they do that? They were cut before the daily last week, or was it, right in between? Before the daily. It was right before. Okay. I was going to say – That's why she's like, this is our redeeming. first challenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, very funny to hear that Casey's brother is the quiet introvert of the family. Um, <laughs> as opposed to Casey. Ooh, we're, we're ruthless tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, Casey, I don't think if anyone described Casey on reality TV, she's not like the most extroverted, talkative, crazy party person. So to hear the fact that she is that compared to her uh, brother is, you know, an interesting peek into the their family dynamic. Well, I was thinking of this the other day when Stephen Fishbeck was on No One Else talking about how Gavin is like low-key, very funny. And it's like, Gavin from Survivor, it's like, 
to be on reality television at all takes a certain type of personality. And she is just like the most introverted of the insane people who have applied to be on these shows. And sure. Sure. But yes, I agree. It was pretty funny. And it was a savage burn. I loved it from you. (laughs) Yeah. Never know when you get sideswiped. Um, but all right, no surprise. I mean, well, no surprise for a couple of things. No surprise that um no surprise that Nani and Bananas win. And also no surprise that it takes bananas 3.2 seconds to determine the optimal strategy to play the new format. Yeah, he smashes it. I mean, it's just crazy. The guy walks in, you know. I know it's he, he's just so good at so many things. Like he just had that uh veteran, like you just know how to do these daily things, you know how to just jump right into the rules. Um, and it's not surprising to see him win the first daily. I mean, the guy's probably one of the most dailies I would, I would guess ever. So, um, just, just very impressive. What do you think of, of the strategy of taking, I mean, very, very, uh, coincident. No, it's a big coincidence that no, how convenient, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there we go. how, How convenient for bananas that the rival rookies are sort of pairing up in a group of three and he needs three pawns to drop into the elimination. Uh, I mean, there's, I mean, to be fair, there's, I mean, there's probably four, right? I mean, Nani also mentioned they could have done Kim and Colleen. Uh, so there was even more options that they, but really they're not as connected it. in terms of like, I want to make these three people like tell, do the coconut chop challenge, like tell people like right. where they stand. Yeah, I don't know if it worked out, but uh, yeah, this is not, are we tinfoil having this? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just no, no. Sorry, okay. I'm just saying it was, it was convenient. Like that. Yeah, it that worked out, very out well. for him. Yeah, I mean, look, this this format's going to work out. There's going to be a lot of easy strategic decisions, like the first like three to four weeks, because there's just so many teams that it's easy to kind of like get like a good core group to get in there between the four of them. It's more once uh, this is not rocket science, but once you start whittling it, whittling it down. Um, it, it's going to get a little, little more tricky of who you protect and who you save because you have to risk four people. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a huge amount of people. I feel like in the past we've seen people yeah. like Jay has been the victim of like, it's Jay every time. Like, it's a lot easier when it's one person. It's crazy that they have to put four people on the chopping block. I mean, I think here it ends up working out that none of these people are going to have a bigger target on Johnny and Nani that they otherwise would have. And the whole house ends up helping Olivia and Horacio such that they might have even earned good graces with like been in their good graces because they yeah. helped them, even though they put them in. Yeah. I think uh, Olivia and Horacio are bet like their standing is, is better off for being in this elimination winning and having the house rally behind them. And I think Horacio is kind of set up now to do paired well with Laurel. I think like the going forward, I think they're going to be much uh, higher up on the pecking or lower on like, they're going to be much less at risk amongst the veterans. Cause I think they're going to, slide into that group much more um so i think they'll be a little more insulated as we go along i think they just had to like get through this first one where bananas and Nani step in and they're totally new and there's no pairings yet but uh i could see Horasco sliding in like i think devin and tori were pretty impressed by him i think even bananas and nani also i think nani was really impressed with Horasco. so i think he's gonna really get in there and i think olivia as well um so i think this was like their first scare and i think they're gonna be around for a while i think they can uh skate by for a little bit and even maybe even win a couple of things Interesting, because I I more meant I think the vets are going to get off scot free with them because they end up like having a nice little bonding moment and like they the vets are definitely the reason that Olivia and Horacio won that elimination. Not saying they couldn't have won without them, but it's like everybody was like 
it's nice to have friends. Like clearly uh, they owe it to them. I still think they're a very easy pair to throw down, but certainly have they, do they have better, seem to have better connections than the majority of the other rookies? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I guess the only fear is obviously we have Jordan and Anissa coming in and then Darrell and Veronica coming in. So like there's more veteran teams coming in. So it just there's more like more of a chance that someone from the veteran side wins, but I think the veterans that are coming in they're not all going to work together. I think once you toss even more in the mix, like that's when different clashes are gonna are gonna form, and they're not all going to work together. Like I don't see Darrell jumping in and working with the bananas and Devin Crew. Like I don't see that happening. So I think there's going to be different pockets of the veterans that form, um, and then that's where maybe Horacio and Olivia can kind of slither through a little bit. There's just going to be a lot. It's not like last season where. Or even like the start of this season where there are so many, seem like there are so many rookies compared to vets. Like we're losing some vets, but I mean, we're gaining like more, we're gaining stronger vets. So I think the veteran power is much stronger than it was before this season. And it's only going to get stronger now that Jordan and Issa are here and, and Darrell and Veronica are coming next. So the, the vets are going to be in control. And I, I don't think it's going to be as like just going after the rookies as like it seemed like it could have been. Just Johnny. I think Johnny and then depending on where Jay and Michelle kind of fall out. Well, yeah, I mean, who who can say Dorello is kind of surprised me, surprises me where he ends up, but I think it, a lot will come down to what becomes of Jordan and Tori. Because Jordan is paired with one of Tori's best friends, Anissa. I feel like Anissa's really connected to Dorello and Veronica. And mm-hmm. are Bananas and Jordan going to sort of settle the score? Like, are it, like I, I don't know what's going to happen in that respect, but I feel like Darrell is a big fan of the past, the path of police resistance as opposed and like going with the house versus like, I'm going to be the J and like drum up this whole rookie alliance. So we'll see. I'm very curious to see what happens next week with Jordan and Tori. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's by far. I mean, the best thing that Jordan has going for him jumping into the house is going to be Anissa as his partner. Like obviously Jordan for the athleticism, but Anissa is going to set him up so much better than almost any other partner could with trying to get in with any of these partner with anyone else. Like there's no way Tori's working with him. There's no way like bananas would work with him. Like, like the fact that he's with Anissa that sets him up so much better to, to kind of slide in. So getting back to the deliberation in the format for a second, I really, you know, I'm glad they made quick work of showing us the conversations, you know, that we saw more of the conversation between nannies and banana, banana, banana than we did mm-hmm. um, like between the interviews and the interrogations. But there are literally no stakes anymore, right? Like, what are these people even advocating for? Like when Michelle was crying, which great performance by Michelle. Um, when Michelle is crying that she's so betrayed by Nani, what is the purpose of this? Because I think everybody's aware that Turbo is going to be going in and then they can't save anyone. I, I mean, I guess it's the setup for the future weeks, right? It's the, you get out of this and you don't want this to happen again. It's like, I can't believe you did this to me. I guess I need to reestablish our friendship. Like, I'm working with you. Don't do this going forward. That's not enough for me to justify watching for interrogations. You know, like, I'd rather watch them in the house the night out. Like, I was more interested in Nani Michelle on the night out than, like, this false plea happening. Like, I guess it worked on the first episode because Johnny really was, like, auditioning people to go down. But as we go on and on, like, people are going to be choosing, like, bananas. Unless unless mm-hmm. they're the rookies who need to, like, use it to broker deals. 
I almost wish, and it would be too many people, like I almost wish it was like either one person goes in, one team gets saved, and the two, like it's a dagger between the two. But I like shit. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that, but like I was like, oh, maybe instead of like the winning team votes someone in, they choose someone to save, but then they're just going to pick their friends. So that doesn't like do anything. Um, But yeah, there, there should be something else or I, yeah i don't know i agree there's like i don't know what they're gaining out of the negotiation or maybe like the winning team gets to pick should get to pick the opponent like the person gets to pick who's safe I, I don't know there's something i wish there was something else but then then you're like tossing the entire house into the draw and then it's like how do you even like combat all that I don't, yeah i don't or know here, how you can do something else here's a plea to the producers feel no pressure to show us i forget you gave us a very good suggestion on ngog it was like don't feel pressured to have something to ask Akiva if it's going to like stick around or not. Like you don't need mm-hmm. to have a deliberate, like even if you film it, I, I absolve you of the pressure to show us a clip from all four teams conversations. If you think only one of them is relevant and we can pick up the rest on the night out, I'm fine with it. I'll assume I think that the material move, happened. I think the move, and I think they've done this in the past is they should call people in before they decide. Right. Like, that should be the move. It's like you call people in, and then you can have the Michelle pleading to Nani, like, don't put me in the four group. And then they decide. Like, they and that's what this is supposed to be, because you decide before you throw, you put four people on the table and you throw one of them in. They agree. Right. This is like, there's no stakes. There's no purpose to it. Yeah. But, but that's what I mean. Like, they should have these, like, they should call people in. Like, they should call in more than, like, they should call in, like, everyone comes in and, like, pleads with them. And then they pick four who are going to be up for the, like, I feel like it's usually pretty clear who's like the target almost amongst when you think of four. So I'd rather have these discussion of like, don't even put me in the four because there's so much there to chance. So I'd rather them bring people in, even if you bring everyone in and you only show a few of them and you show those conversations and then the winning team picks four and then it just goes straight to elimination. Um, like there's no reason, like no, no reason to do the chats after. I like that. What about this? I like that as number one. Number two, you want to do it the way they're doing it. Put all four teams on the board in one room with the two. Yes. And let them talk it out in front of everyone, especially because then a lot of the conversation became, well, convince Johnny not to pick you if he pulls the dagger. I want to see that conversation happen in front of all four teams, five teams, including the power couple. That would be good, too. That would be good, too. We're we're free. Call us, MTV. We're available. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm free. I don't know about Brian. But uh, the other thing... I, I want to go back to since we're putting ideas out. Mm-hmm. Last three teams draw the dagger. Like go back to challenge performance. Go back to the original draw. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know take and then do your little interviews with three teams and one of them goes down. Yeah. Just Look, the fun. draw is fun. I think I think the draw produces the best format for seasons. Uh, I think other formats get stale and it allows for. A large majority, especially the vets, to to run through it. I, I like the variance that the draw brings. Um, so I, I'm always I'm I'm always pro draw. I'm not anti draw. I'm just saying, let's do uh, the mm-hmm. like the way free agents was still the draw. Yeah, I like the draw. Yeah, I'm not ready to get rid of the draw. I'm happy about the draw. How am I take Kansas and say the draw? I like the draw in the zone. I like the zone. I like the draw. Four letter words. They work quick. I had to just check that. It was like Z. Oh. <laughs> um, but all right. Uh, 
one thing Nerese tweeted to get to the social media early. She was like, can they please stop like showing me liking this man? So like, spoiler alert, that ends poorly. Like every other one of Johnny's yeah. televised relationships. Yeah, who could have seen that one coming? Um, but okay. I don't know. We already kind of talked about everyone. Let's talk about Jay and Michelle because they're an interesting dynamic where they are aligned and that they're friends, but they're not aligned in terms of what they think the optimal gameplay is. We see Michelle trying to rely on these veteran relationships that she's made outside of the season. We have Jay being like, I'm Lord of the misfits. I'm Lord of the rookies taking more of a West approach. Robbie Freeman says, whose side are you taking in the Jay and Michelle debate? I'm team Jay, if only because he knows that Banana's hatred for him is more based on all the Morgan stuff. So there's no way he'll get Bananas to protect him. Yeah, I kind of forgot about the Morgan stuff with, with Jay. But also for Michelle, like, she can say she has Nani's back all she wants. Like, Nani's, like, or Michelle's, like, gonna be not that high on, like, the Nani protective list. I, I mean, obviously, Casey is going to be number one. I mean, she has a lot more history with Laurel. And if they're working together, I think they're going to, you know, be pretty tight. Um, and if Bananas and Devin are pretty close, I think that connection bumps them ahead of Jay and Michelle. So I, I just don't know what the Michelle Nani friendship level is, like how strong it could be, because it's obviously not that strong if Nani's first instinct was to vote her in. So, uh, you know, Johnny might not be the, the strongest person to have on your side, but at least he is someone on your side um, and has shown loyalty. So I, I don't know what Michelle's trying to get out of with Nani, because it, it doesn't seem like it's very well reciprocated. I believe that Michelle believes that she has a close relationship with Nani. I just don't know how that's possible, right? Like, does Ni- Naomi, what? Nani lives in LA now with Casey. She either lives in Miami, Chicago, or LA, right? Like, those are the places I've known Nani to be located. Right. I know Michelle to be located in New Jersey. So, well, <laughs> where has this friendship been? You know, like, like, not to say you can't have friends at a distance, but I'm not really understanding. It's not like they live down the street and they've been going to, like, I don't know, yoga together. Whatever friends on TV do. Right, and they said they did it, like, they did a season, but Michelle, like, didn't last very long. So, I mean, it's not like they, like, ran a file (laughs) together or something. uh, Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) On these, like, very worked up. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't get it. I, I don't get where this is like coming from. One thing I want to pay respect to on the night out is, oh, but like I, I think aside from to answer Ravi's question, uh, aside from the Nani of it all, like, is it a better long term survival strategy to like show loyalty to the vets? Absolutely. Is it a better? I want to be asked back and like take a swing and try and get my face out there strategy to align with Johnny and Horacio and and the newbies. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just like, I almost think Jay needs to sort of step out of the vet's shadow more than maybe Michelle does. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of why their interests are not aligned. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I don't even think it's like the worst idea to go with the rookies because I think it just depends where some of these other vets lie. Like if Horacio and Laurel get really close and Laurel kind of goes towards that side. And then like, I don't know where Nelson is lying at all this. And I mean, I guess Fessy would go towards Casey, but there's some other people well, in the Nelson mix and trying to pick up. And yeah, Nelson, Nelson and would Maurice, go with, uh, and yeah, Maurice so they're going to go on that side. So 
I, I don't even think it's that wrong. Like Michelle and Jay would be absolutely bottom of the barrel pecking order wise amongst the vets. So I, I don't think it's like even the worst strategic move to go with like this other group where you could be higher up. Clearly. I, I totally, totally agree. Um, all right. I want to say I respect that. Well, I don't know if I respect it, but from a petty move, the fact that Raven refuses to say Narisa's name in confessionals absolutely cracks mm-hmm. me up. Like the disrespect. Yeah, she's uh, she's not jealous. She's just very upset that Johnny's head's not in the game, but definitely not jealous at all. Zero percent jealousy. All right, let's get to the zone. Um, this kind of goes off of our Michelle and Jay decision is like, who was right? Alex says, do you think Jay and Michelle made the right call on saving Johnny and Raven in the draw? I side with Jay here. Everyone already knows he and Johnny are friends in real life. Throwing them in won't actually get them any goodwill from the veterans and will just give them an excuse to paint them as snakes. I think Michelle's overestimating her social game. If not, he couldn't even bother to tell her she was going in. Yeah, I'm totally with Jay. And I think he made a good point of like, look, everyone knows we're together. So if I don't save him, then like, where does anyone think I would save anyone if I'm not going to save my number one guy? So I I, I think this is totally fair. Um, I think where Jay messes up here is saying like, I had to honor my commitment to my dear friend. Like, I think he could soften it a bit and be like, they had the opportunity to throw us in last week and they didn't. Um, so I'm just going to immediately return yeah. the favor and we're square. I, I also think they really needed to be on the same page before this was going in. Like they knew this was obviously a, a good possibility of them being like the ones to pull safe. They having like that debate in front of everyone like shows like team fracture and you don't want it. Like they needed to be on the same page before this happened. They couldn't show the back and forth disagreement and, and all that. Yeah, uh, I agree with that completely. Um, and speaking of being on the same page, like, I think this had probably already been discussed, right, amongst, I mean, I don't know. Horacio seemed to feel pretty confident he was going in. Now, maybe you you, you don't want to say to him, like, we're picking each other, so you're going in regardless, and mm-hmm. then it's 50-50. But I don't know that this was really a surprise to anyone. No, I don't I don't think so. But I guess if Horacio and Olivia picked it, then it would be more of a, of a debate. But I guess probably Jay and Michelle would have gone in. Um, I know this challenge was called Memory Lane, but I feel like it will be known as the Anti-Turbo Memorial Challenge. Yeah, I was just waiting for producer to kind of come out and also start pointing <laughs> to the box that they just prepared, just like get the whole the whole crew in the mix. Because I mean, they had literally everyone uh, helping out. Uh, this, I mean, I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I'm like, this is. I'm sure people are saying this is unfair. It's not, you can't have people helping. This is tales all the time with the challenge. Like part as. I think it was, it was Chauncey that said it. Part of the challenge is like your social game. And if you were that hated that you run the risk of this type of elimination where the entire crowd can help to get you eliminated. And like that, that's the risk you run for being that hated. So this is absolutely fair. This is absolutely by the book. And you know, this is this is what happens. It's so funny because it almost seems like the challenge, and I appreciate it, did try to get ahead of that criticism because not only did Chauncey say it, but like they did three or four times somebody said like, social game is valid like this is part of the social game it didn't bother me at all and it's the outcome i wanted was it hard to watch yeah a little bit hard to watch sure sure but like like, look if you don't even have one person helping you like that's on you right like it's not like it was like 50 50 or 60 40 where each team had someone like this was the entire house at one point they were like everyone just like be quiet and let like one person speak so we could like coordinate our efforts here like it was like that calculated so like the fact that everyone was against turbo and honestly 
based off the confessional at the end, it seemed even like Tamara wanted to get the hell out of there. She was like, I, I don't know how close her, her and Turbo are, but I think she was like completely over it too. So, no, that's it. Hope to see you never. One thing I'll say, Turbo did go out with class. I was shocked and relieved. Um, but here's what I'm really mm-hmm. excited to talk about because Jordan rolls up sans Anissa, which is bizarre. But something that's been weighing on me all week is like one of my favorite memes was like when they're talking about shrimp fried rice and somebody's like, you're telling me a shrimp fried this rice? This whole week, it's like, you're telling me that Anissa, who has a professional commitment with Tori, did not fail to tell Tori, I'm showing up with your ex-fiance? Like, Brian, if you were showing up at a bar to watch Survivor with my ex-boyfriend, I would expect you to tell me. And that's not televised. <laughs> you know, like, I, I couldn't right. get it out of my head all week. But Alex, to the rescue, wrote us a very helpful explainer on a non-spoiler breakdown of what happened with certain partners and certain replacements. Are you ready for the tea? No source from Spell Alex, it. but I buy all of this. I believe it all. Spell it. Anissa was actually there from the beginning with her original partner, a friend who had never been on reality TV before. Her friend tested positive and was removed from the game at, at the same time as Kenny and Casey but they were edited out of episode one entirely. That's why two alternate teams came in for supposedly just Kenny and Casey leaving. They were actually replacing two teams. Jordan, and I actually am disgusted that they were going to do this, but I guess it is reality television. Jordan was supposed to be a late surprising team alongside Naya, but she had to Mm. drop for medical reasons at the last second. Anissa's original partner either didn't recover from COVID quickly enough her production just chose to remove him. But either way, Anissa and Jordan were then paired together so Jordan could be on the season still. People will be fake surprise, faking surprise when Anissa enters the game, but genuine with Jordan. Which does truck if people look genuinely surprised when they saw Jordan. Here's another Here's point. my follow-up. So just quick okay. follow-up. If you can cut Anissa out <laughs> of the entire first episode, just cut Nam out. They did it. They want just Nam on the show. I guess so. Jeez. Okay, what's the second half? Anna's, as well as Veronica and Darrell were always supposed to be late surprise teams. Our production messed up and the cast learned that Bananas was coming in. So this was fake surprise for his entrance as well. <sighs> I believe it all. So fake surprise for that. Was it, did, did they say it was also fake surprise when uh, Darrell and Veronica come in too? Or was that just No, that they're out? surprised. So we'll see. Okay. That's so interesting. Um, I mean, honestly, the Jordan yeah. and I thing makes sense as like ride or die pairs. So, um, and Anissa and Jordan I, make I, I no sense okay as ride or die pairs. Right. No. So sense. I believe which the then, story. which then is such a crock of shit because we spent the entire episode zero of them trying to like spearhead like this Jordan and Anissa friendship from years back of like trying to make them explain why they're like these like ten year friendship go there like ride or die with these people and like. They weren't even supposed to be together. So don't lie to us. Magic of television. Like, it oh, makes we're the Jordan Tory thing even... A, yeah, they're trying to spin the narrative about oh, we're ride or dies because he was engaged to my best friend, but then seemingly brutally broke up with her. But we're still ride or dies. Like, what? I mean, look. I, look, I, I, maybe I'm aging out. I don't want to say this. But Nani and Jordan on the same season as uh, Tori when she's recently on antidepressants presumably as a result of some of the stress of their breakup like 
I'd much rather the intrigue of Jordan with having to work with Anissa, who's friends with Tori, than like Naya and Jordan together on the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, at least they make sense as a pair. So there was that. All right. Should we get to the drinking game? Yeah, there was uh, nothing this week. No, uh, no hits. Lisa, Lisa didn't get anything. I don't want to like. No two people professionals. I didn't. I didn't get anything for Kyle cards, so I was trying to pretend off. There was nothing. (laughs) Here's the funny thing. Last week I teased that I had another one that would be like less hit, and there would have been a hit this week. So I'm. I'm not missing my chance. I'm putting it on. Last week. You know, we learned the great nickname of Dave and Dave. So I was going to say, like, anytime someone says a nickname and Daddy Devin coming from Nelson would have been a hit. So I'm adding that to the list this week. And I will add, they did this with the Nelson heart thing. Anytime they do special effects, uh, they blast that in to any type of confessional or the challenge or anything like that. Special effects added. Not fire. Not fire. Any other special effects. Love it. Thank you to Paige FLA for the five-star review. Guys. Let's start off to Season Strong. Season Strong, help us out. Help us help you help us. Uh, go to robazawebsite.com slash challenge feed. Give us your reviews. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Absolutely. Subscribe, rate, five stars, all that, all that shebang. Where can uh, people follow you? At Lash Tweets. You can follow me at Colin Brown underscore. We'll be back next week for episode three. Until then, have a good one. <laughs>